Hello and welcome to EQ Above IQ, Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child. My name is Trina Casey and I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you have a great last week. I hope the week coming up is wonderful for you as well. Been a lot of things in the news, changes, but I wanted to talk about something on a personal note, something that I've struggled with and I'm sure some of you do too. I had a conversation via TikTok and the person deleted most of their comments after I said what I said to them, but it was about just correcting a bit of history. And I know history and critical race theory and a lot of things right now are in the headlines and I'm excited about it, but I also see that there is a very strong effort to stop this change, to actually face the history of America and other countries around the world regarding colonialism, inequality, and a lot of things. But it's time. And I have always taught my son the alternative history that has been taught in school because it does really leave out women of all colors and it leaves out the advancements and creations and inventions of other people of color who were vital to the advancement and the the growth of countries all over the world so i've always taught him a little bit more and that's because i'm a person of color i'm a i am a brown woman <laughs> of African descent and other things. And I want him to understand all of who he is, not just the regurgitated history that has now been refuted. And a lot of people are really scared about this. So I wanted to talk about how correction can trigger feelings of self-loathing or self-worth one way or the other. One of the things that I noticed in my conversation with this particular person on a TikTok feed, which I am on there because I have to be, you know how I feel about social media, but I had, I posted a video and I just browse for a little bit. I try not to let it sink my time because I have a million other things that I do that are more important and um, more vital to my success as a person, as a mom, as a businesswoman. And it's so easy to get drawn into the energy of these platforms, negativity of these platforms as well. Because, you know, this correction was just basically, this woman was correcting a quite misogynistic male. She was addressing how there have been so many inventions by women because he made a video about how we wouldn't have houses if it weren't for men. And I think there's this huge divide for men and women right now because it's been such an unequal playing field. And I have tried to raise my son understanding that men and women, girls and boys are equal. They really are. And I think I've done a really good job about that because my son will tell me he has defended a girl in class who was being bullied and said that, that she couldn't do something that a boy could do. And he's been real quick to correct that. So I feel very proud of that because he sees me 
hustling <laughs> almost too much to the point where he says, mom, come sit down with me and just relax. And I, and I, I, I try to do that as much as I can when he does make that request. He's almost like my, my alarm that I need to slow down and reevaluate what I'm doing. So anyways, one person commented about NASA women, because I noticed that this particular list had no list of women of color. So I said to this poster, and yes, there were black women too, about the NASA, about women helping America get into space. They were, you know, hidden figures, the movie, you know? So this person went on an tirade, a complete defense of themselves. And I didn't think this person was racist. I didn't think this person had said anything particularly wrong. What I was doing was highlighting the whole conversation, which is important. We need these corrections. And I think that that's what cognitive behavioral therapy is about too. And I, when I'm coaching that, it's about correcting the lies and replacing them about the truth about yourself. And I do this with my son. I ask him to correct the lie when he says, I'm not good at this. I say, no, that's a lie. The truth is, is that you haven't done it enough to get good at it. Or there's something you're looking at it at an angle that could be done differently. The point is, is you're not good at something not because there's something inherently wrong with you. It's because you haven't figured it out yet. And, you know, people will argue that. They would say, I'm not a good artist or I'm not a good dancer. Or, I'm not. But whenever you put the words, I'm not good at something, it actually goes deeper inside energetically and in your psyche. So you need to correct that by saying, I don't understand it. I can do this, but I need more practice. You know, Keep it on the positive side. But anyways, I corrected this person. And I guess this person has been corrected quite frequently. And they really went off. And I don't normally engage in these conversations when someone is triggered. Eh, I let them do their thing. Because like I said, social media to me is a horrible replacement for actual human connection, which I miss dearly, which I miss my friends. I miss my family. I miss you know, just interaction in general. We're still living in this distancing world where people actually have a lot of fear about connecting because they've created it with social media and media in general. And yeah, it's been tough on our kids. You know, my son told me the other day that he just wants to be done. And when I asked him what he was done, he said, I just want to be done with this life. I'm ready to move on to the next one. <laughs> Because I am a spiritual person, I am a Buddhist, and I do believe in reincarnation. So I brought up our consciousness, and that's what I feel like just never goes away. We're energetic beings, and we kind of float around, our consciousness wrote, float around to different dimensions. And anyways, that'll be another episode because um, I'm not here to talk about that. But I bring it up only because to illustrate how stressful and difficult things have been with this pandemic on our children. Some people, some poor kids and some even adults who have suffered horribly because of the disconnection have committed suicide. And, you know, that's kids as young as my son, who's 10. I just, 
it breaks my heart because people are acting out in really aggressive, negative ways, just like this poster did. And I just said, the question is, why are you so triggered by being corrected? Why are you so triggered? Because you know what I said was correct. Why are you so triggered? And this is about the emotional intelligence piece, the self-awareness piece that is vital that we are lacking in culture and society right now. We are having a hard time really even being corrected because we take it as a personal assault because the whole world has been set up with only one version of history. And if it's corrected, it is an affront to all those people who wrote it. And we forget that the people who wrote this history had a very clear agenda and they succeeded at that agenda and globalized the world. I just finished a globalization course. I swear I love learning. I think that I'm probably a lifelong student just because of the joy of understanding how everything is interconnected. And I can understand why education is also so grossly defunded all over the world. Because once you start to learn, you start to understand. And if you start to learn proper history and people are challenging that all the time, you're afraid of what that's going to make you feel. And I know that as a person of color, I know what I feel like, but I can imagine right now due to this shift that a lot of Caucasian people are feeling so much discomfort. And I'm going to say this with all the love in my heart because I do feel like we're all interconnected, whether I don't care if it's race, gender, or whatever, I feel like we're all interconnected because look at how the world has been flowing when we're this out of sync with each other. That you have to have the grace to be corrected. And you don't have to beat yourself up because you were bamboozled just like everybody else in the world. There's only a few people who know the real history of things from the beginning. And those people did a really good job of controlling the narrative and the world. So I know that a lot of you have benefited from that lie and from the lies. And now all of that is feels threatened. You are not threatened. Remember that you're not threatened. Nothing is threatened. Learning the truth about things is actually freeing to your heart and your spirit. It allows you the growth necessary to expand who you are, your consciousness, and this, this world. So my son asked me about critical race theory, and I looked it up because, you know, I try to explain to him the truth about things. And when I say, you know, everybody has been talking about critical race theory, but it's been around since the 1970s. It just explains 
the connection of race for everything that happens in the world, really. I'm just going to read the definition. It is a body of legal scholarship and academic movement of the U.S. civil rights scholars and activists that seek to examine the intersection of race and U.S. law to challenge the mainstream American liberal approaches to racial injustice. Now, this is what Wikipedia's definition of it is. And I in, I think the 1619 Project is a lot to do with it as well. It's just basically putting a spotlight on how how integrated this all is into the very fabric of our, our societies. And it says it's American, but this is a global phenomena. This is something that has affected every country that I have been to and lived in. One of our challenges, my son and I have, when we have lived all over the world and moved about, is that we're on this kind of limbo. We live in this kind of um, strange position. For example, where we are right now in Mauritius, I see the same dynamics as I saw in the U.S. where I lived and also in Amsterdam. And the same problem persists as we go to different countries in the world. We're kind of unicorns compared to the local people. We're brown and the island of Mauritius is mostly brown people. We can pass for Mauritian, we can pass for Creole, we can pass for even Indo-Mauritian. We fit in in that way as far as appearance goes. But the problem is socioeconomically. Economically, we are more like Caucasians. We live in a nicer house. We live in you know, for because that's my upbringing and comfort level. It's also my expectation for my life. It's what I manifest for myself. I don't have a poverty mindset. I've always had a, an abundance mindset. So uh, that scarcity that comes in or that, that self-loathing and self-esteem thing, that's that's gone. I eradicated that a long time ago. I live comfortably and I work for that. And the problem is, is that the local people don't know how to handle that because I look like them. And therefore, in their mind, I should be living like them. Now, socially, I prefer to be around people who look like me. No discrimination here. I've just experienced the other side my whole life. And it hasn't turned out well either because the way that I look does not fit with the ingrained programming and biases that have been perpetuated throughout history. And I'm not balling like, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z, so I'm not living that life, but I, they're in a kind of their own isolated bubble as well, except they're famous and they're well known. So it's not strange that they live the lifestyle and where they live and who they live with. They're actually probably pursued for their wealth and praised for it, just like any other Caucasian. And, you know, there's very little separation because when the money aspect kicks in, but I am, I'm not balling like that, like I said. So my son and his friends 
come from different, very different economic backgrounds. And so, you know, from time to time, I host people over because I love that my son has made friends and it's great. He loves his friends. But I also feel a little bit taken advantage of sometimes. And I don't verbalize that so much. I try to teach gratitude to both the children and their parents. But at the same time, I can understand there's a little bit of, well, you can afford to do this or when, when really I can't, I'm a, I'm a budgetista. The point is this, all of this history has really done a number on our emotional state and what we believe and who we believe we are. And so because of these huge gaps in wealth that don't need to be there, our children are also focusing on the things that get you to this kind of high wealth, you know, and wealth is, can be defined in, as different things. But monetarily, materialism has is out of control, you know, and in my culture with the bling bling and the, the cars, and it's not that there's anything wrong with having nice things. What it is, is the emphasis of it becoming a signpost of you being better than somebody who doesn't have those things. And that's where I'm in this place of trying to educate my child and make him understand, it's part of the reason why I've traveled all over the world with him, that your privilege, I will even say, of having a certain lifestyle does not make you any better than those people who do not have the same things, the same toys, the same opportunities as you have had. It can even lead to the bullying. I mean, we've seen it throughout history where when a group of black people, let's just say black Wall Street, are doing well for themselves, how that stirs up jealousy and people will make up horrible things to destroy things that people work for to feel good about themselves. So we've created these different standards of living, but they're all mental, they're constructs. And um, once you break out of that construct and say, listen, I can have what you have, there's always been a bit of pushback. So I challenged this person back to the correction to ask themselves why they're so triggered. I just simply said, ask yourself why you're so triggered. Is it because I have the audacity to correct you and um, you see who I am, you see what I'm about and how dare I? Because I think that many times this is an old mind state, an old programming through generations of generations of generations of Caucasian people who feel that they are entitled to be at the top echelon of everything and nobody else can challenge that. That is the challenge right now for Caucasian people, white people. It's always hard for me to use those labels because I don't really think they matter, but they, they do in this conversation. This 
explanation of white supremacy that I've had to give my child who was horribly bullied in Amsterdam in the Netherlands because he was different. He was biracial. It's also just part of the culture there. It doesn't matter economically. They don't like being told what to do. <laughs> That's been my observation of the five years I was there. Almost six. They do not like being told what to do. And that's why they have this in huge uptick in COVID at this very moment, because nobody wants to wear a mask. They want to put they wear it on their chin. They don't, you know, they don't want to be told what to do. And, you know, I get it. But at the same time, it's, it's a very simple activity. They're not pushing, I think, vaccine mandates. But anyways, my point is this. It is okay to be corrected. And it's on both sides, but you're going to have to have some grace about it. Not only for yourself, but for your children. Your children will learn that correction has nothing to do with their character. That correction has to do with learning and knowledge and being better at things and understanding things more because no one is a hundred percent correct. No one is a hundred percent perfect. Education helps those numbers, you know, but as we're seeing right now, the education that we got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago was very much manipulated. So what do we think about education now? So yeah, it's all very conflicting. And my advice and what I'm working on myself is allowing my child to feel a certain way about the correction which as parents, we do spend a lot of time correcting our children. I hope that you are doing it in an EQ way. If you're not, I can help you with that. It's a challenge from time to time because we are, are so programmed to do things a certain way and to think about things a certain way. But that certain way has harmed us as a culture of society, both locally and globally. So we need to bring awareness to it and also self-regulate that knee-jerk response to internalize correction as something is wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. You may have gotten incorrect information, which everybody is dealing with right now, but there's nothing wrong with you being corrected and it's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you could be wrong because nobody's right all the time and it's not the conversation it's not the conflict it's like in relationships if you're fighting to about who is right or wrong rather than what the problem is you're always going to be going through these the having these arguments and totally just fighting for supremacy of who is right or wrong, but you're not solving the problem. 
So figure out what the problem is first. And that's what we're doing right now. As a global society, we're figuring out why we have climate change, why our children are suffering, why are we suffering? And now we have to work together to create solutions. It's not about right or wrong. It's about coming together and looking at what we have and how we can work together to solve the problem. Okay. Anyways, I hope that all of you got some value out of this episode. I care about this planet so much because I care about my child so much and I care about your children so much and I care about my inner child so much and I want you to do the same and I want us to correct course because I know we can. We absolutely can and we need to force our leaders to do the right thing or we need to replace them. We have to empower ourselves. We are not as weak and disempowered as they'd like us to think. That show has to end. <laughs> and please reach out, check out thisreallifebooks.com where I have books that teach emotional intelligence to children and your inner child. And also how to be empowered, how to love yourself. And um, they're great Christmas gifts. Christmas is right around the corner. I cannot believe it. It's kind of scaring me. <laughs> also, my, va my favorite Christmas tree did not make it into my stuff. So I'm a little bit bummed about that because I don't like chopping trees. I don't even think they have them here. That's probably going to be a fake tree somewhere. But anyways, I want us to do the right thing for our children and for the future of this planet. We have to get serious about this climate change stuff and our responsibility in that process. So we need to make sure our leaders do the right things and we push that and we have to do it together. Stop being divided over this lame stuff that they're creating because it's just a distraction, okay? And I do hope you all have a very blessed day.